do you need a tactician, an administrative type person, or do you need a strategist? Because those are not the same people. And I think entrepreneurs make the mistake of thinking they are because we are. Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to this week's episode. This week, we are talking about a topic that I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have had on your mind at some point or will have on your mind, and that is around hiring a team member. I know that hiring a team member can be sometimes overwhelming because there's just so many decisions to be made around who to hire, how much to pay them, what can you actually afford, who do you need to hire, making sure you're making the right investment because it can be one of the bigger investments that you make in your business. So this week I have Karen Weeks, who is the owner of KDW Coaching. She's also an HR leader. She has worked with many startups in her career, um, and she is an expert at helping people with their careers, but also with becoming leaders in their businesses and with helping entrepreneurs become a leader in their business. And as an HR partner, she will help, you know, help you process the decision of who to hire, when to hire, what the role needs to be. How do you actually like bring them on board? What does that look like? And so I had her come on because I know that this is something that you know, a lot of you are going through. As you know, I am relaunching my group program, Profit and Prosper, the group program version, not the podcast. (laughs) Um, I'm relaunching that. It is opening up next week when this podcast airs. It is going to be open up to everybody on October 31st. And one of the things that I have found after running this program for almost a year is that a lot of the people who are you know, ideal for the program, you are making about 100k in your business, you generally are going to be a solopreneur, or maybe you have a few part time team members, but you're looking to grow your business to the next level so that you can start making more money so that you can, you know, start building your wealth. I find that a lot of the a lot of people going through the program are also needing to make a hire in their business. And that is a lot of times something that just comes up as we work through the finance side of things. As I'm asking people to think about what are your goals in your business? What's not working for you right now? A lot of us, a lot of the people going through in the past, a lot of my clients have felt burnout. They have felt like, I just, I need more time in my day. I'm so caught up in the weeds of doing the day-to-day stuff in my business. I can't even take the time to zoom out and be a CEO. And a lot of times the answer is, hey, let's think about whether or not you need to add to your team and what that looks like. So I wanted to have Karen come on here today because, you know, as I'm relaunching the program, 
I know that this is going to be something that comes up for a lot of people. And so she is definitely an expert in this field. And we have had clients who work to, we have both worked with in the past who are going through this exact same process. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode, to listen to me and Karen talk about what it's like to hire and what that process is going to look like for you and your business, what that would look like, whether you are making your first hire or you're really stepping more from, you know, into the CEO role of your business and hiring, maybe even hiring beyond the first one or two people. And also just a quick reminder, like I said, my group program is relaunching next week on October 31st. All the doors will be open for everybody to join in. And if you are listening to this and you're thinking, you know what, I really am ready to step into the CEO role of my business. I'm ready to get off the cash flow hamster wheel. Then I want you to join the program. This is not a program where I'm going to throw a bunch of videos at you and walk away. <laughs> this is literally having access to me, a CFO, in your business before you need to bring on a part-time or fractional CFO. This is having access to you know me to help think through what is the finance strategy for your business? What are, you know, help, helping you make money decisions? I'm gonna walk you through my profit method where we will sit down and think about what are your goals? What do you actually need long-term? How much should your business be making? How much should you be paying yourself? Then we're gonna think through how do you increase your cash flow? How do you quickly understand your financials so that you can figure out how to make more money? How do you create a more profitable business? What does that business model need to look like, including hiring team members? And then when you're making more money, what the heck do you do with it and how do you manage it so that you can make sure it doesn't fly back out the door and you can actually start building your personal wealth. So make sure you go check that out. The link is in the show notes. Go to trustyoungco.com forward slash prosper. And if you have any questions about it whatsoever, trying to decide if this is a good investment for your business, DM me on Instagram. I will answer your questions personally at it's Sarah Young. So go check that out. And I'm so excited to jump into this week's podcast episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. So this week we have HR leader and owner of KDW Coaching, career coach, Karen Weeks. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to chat with you and your audience about all things finances. Yes, we are going to talk about finances and hiring specifically around growing your team. I think from solopreneur to having, you know, your first couple of team members and what that looks like, because, you know, as I said, I said this in the intro, but the, or I will say, cause I haven't recorded the intro yet, but when I do the intro, I'm going to talk about how my profit and prosper group program is launching. And after running it for, you know, the last year or so, I have found that a lot of the people going through the program are in a place of like they're hiring their first person or have just recently hired their first team member because they've realized that to grow their business beyond, you know, the hundred K mark, they need to start expanding their team. They need to start, you know, creating space and time in their calendar to be able to like take care of themselves, you know, and the question is like, how do we do this profitably? How do we make the right hire? How do we not waste our money and invest in the wrong person? So we are going to dive into all of that because between Karen and me, we've got this covered. We will tell you exactly what to do. <laughs> so first, Karen, tell me a little bit about your business, your job as an HR leader, and tell me about what you do. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in HR for over 20 years. I actually started in theater and in entertainment and then made my own career switch into HR. And my whole time in HR, my favorite part has been both building amazing culture. So I tend to work for startups who are sort of identifying who they are, expanding their teams, figuring out what that looks like at scale and helping people with their development, whether that's new managers that we've promoted from within, helping people on board, helping people set their career goals. So that's always been my favorite part of HR over all these years. And as I started to think about other ways that I could both develop myself, but also continue to help others in their careers. A few years ago, I started my coaching business on the side. I take on a couple of clients at a time and really kind of identify if you're feeling stuck, how can you unlock that and figure out where you want to go, what you want to do in your career, and then the actual job search itself. And speaking of hiring, I actually, because it's a side hustle and I had to think about how the best way to use my time, I hired someone to help me with a lot of the client management and event coordination. And then I ended up also hiring a second coach to help do a lot of the in the weeds job search piece of what we do. Because reviewing resumes, interview prep, that was something that I like to do, but was is a lot of time that we do with our clients. And so Dan now works with folks more on that side. And I help more with sort of the confidence, figuring out what you want to do and sort of the bigger pieces. So that is allows me to do all of the things uh, all at the same time. Yes. So you are side hustling and you have two team members. Yes. That is... <laughs> That's that's amazing because I think a lot of people assume that when you're side hustling, you know, you are the solopreneur and you can't necessarily hire and grow your business because I think a lot of people make the mistake of assuming that, you know, only their time, like it's their time, right? And you can't start like growing your business if you don't have more time to put into it. But that's exactly the point of hiring the right person, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's actually what sparked it was I am all in at my HR leadership job with the company I work with today. I love working there. I am, you know, I love doing that. So I knew I wasn't ready to step away from that yet. But as my company started to grow, I also didn't want to walk away from the people that needed my help because at my heart, that's just what I love to do. But I also was just overtaxing myself and I was spending hours on the couch on a Sunday editing a podcast that we do. I was spending a lot of time scheduling and rescheduling clients because we all have things that come up. I was spending hours at night doing work for my clients because I believe that it's not just the time we spend on the phone. It's like they're a partner. We're in a partnership together while we work together. And for my own sanity and health, for my marriage, my relationships health, something had to change. And like I said, I, I really want to help people. So I had to figure out a way to scale, even though it's just a part-time thing. But honestly, because it's a part-time thing, the scaling piece was even more important so that I wasn't sort of getting overwhelmed with all the things. You know, something that we have talked about was what do you do with the money in your side hustle? Because I think that when people side hustle, a lot of the times they'll look at me and they'll say like, I have a full-time job. I don't need this to cover my bills. Like what the heck do I do with it? And then the default becomes either spend all of it because they have no goals or they hoard it all in their bank account again, because (laughs) they have no goals and they don't know what to do with it. So talk to me about like that process for you and like what you know, you're in the, you're in it for the long haul. And so like, what is this going to do for you? And then I'm sure that like growing your team 
was enabled also in part because you have that freedom of capital really, right? Yeah. And I think too, for me, I am not comfortable with finances. So Sarah and I have talked about this a lot. I have a history of uh, avoiding financial conversations as much as possible. That stems from uh, about 15 years ago, my husband and I actually, we were running a theater company for a while and we did not manage those finances well at all. We made emotional decisions with it. We were just young and just didn't know any better. Um, and those are excuses, but that's true. And so we just really got ourselves in a bad financial place. We were even considering bankruptcy. And so I know what it's like to be in a place where you're not managing your money well, drowning in that, trying to figure out what to do next. And once we sort of figured out a plan to get out of that situation, and thankfully we did, and we were able to get in a much healthier path, I am very anxious about how we spend our money doing smart things you know, jumping out of corporate life to start my own gig when I am the main um, earner for our family just are things that don't make sense to me. So it was really important that if I ever did move this side hustle to full-time in the future, I was doing it in a very smart way and a very foundation building way because I will, it will add a lot of anxiety because of that past financial stuff. So as I thought about what I want to do sort of with the side hustle and the money I'm getting from it, it's twofold. It's one, I do want to put some in reserve so that if, and when I make the decision to go full time, I feel like I've got like the safety net in order to do that. And that looks like a certain number to me. And that's something my husband and I worked on, but it also means that I have the freedom to invest in the business now because I don't need it to be that right now. So I sort of split the difference. And so I say, okay, every month I'm going to put some money away for this, you know, freedom fund for the future if I need it. And I'm also going to do some investment in things now that maybe other entrepreneurs wouldn't do today because they are trying to still build that financial health. So I worked on the website. I hired people. I have a podcast manager. I have invested in coaches. I've invested in branding. I have a coach for like public speaking to help me sort of build that part of it. So all of those things that maybe I wouldn't invest in this early on made sense for me now, because then hopefully I have a stronger foundation in the future. So, I mean, I think it's interesting you say that because I feel like, you know, maybe you were able to accelerate the timeline some because you're not feeling like, oh, I have to be able to like keep paying myself, right? Mm -hmm. Every single month, my full paycheck, my full corporate, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) paycheck, which I imagine, you know, I actually talked about this recently a little bit, like on my Instagram where I'm like, you know, I've been paying myself regularly, certainly not my full corporate salary, but it's okay because I'm investing to create an asset that I feel like now, if I wanted to, I could, I could probably go sell my business and get about $500,000 for it. Had I continued in my corporate job, I would not have had an additional $500,000 built up in my 401k. Like I, you know, like it just wouldn't have been possible. And so I think having that sort of mindset of like, I'm investing specifically to like build my, my business. Yeah. I think is super smart. And that also enables you, you and your position to be able to continue as a side hustle. Right. And so I guess for anybody listening, who's not side hustling and who's like, well, I have to keep paying myself my paycheck. So what should I do? And I think it's the same process. It's just making sure you're super clear on how much do you need? Like one, do you have your freedom fund built up? Right. And maybe before you start investing heavily in your business, you do sock away money 
but talking about when you're growing your business, how do you stay profitable? Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I think when you're spending a lot of money on things like Karen, there's probably times where if you just look at your cash flow, you have a net outflow. <laughs> you spent more money in the month than you brought in that month. Yeah. And that that's okay. That doesn't mean you fail. That just means just timing wise, like you spent money this month. Yeah. And so being able to say like, Hey, I still have this safety net over here. So in times where you are profitable, where you're more stable, stocking away money into a freedom fund that will then make you feel better about making those investments, I think is, is what Karen did and is what you can also do if you're full-time in your business. But it all starts with having a profitable business and profitable offers in the first place so that you're generating the money to, you know, stock away. Anyways, I could go down a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> well, and I think it's a lot uh, of what, sometimes what I talk to folks about, like who they're going to hire or how they're going to spend is, I think I try to give them two scenarios to help make it more relatable. Cause especially if you're in your own business, it may be the first time you're going through it. It may feel much more uh, personal free because it's your company. So I try to say either a think about your personal finances, right? Like if you have something come up, uh, we just bought a house, for example, which by the way, was not planned. So it was definitely a, an experience for us that we were not anticipating. And so as you think about, if I look at our personal budget for the month of uh, July, let's say there's a big spike in expenses because we bought the house, we moved, we did all the things. It will even out over time. And I just need to sort of remember that, that over the year, we're still within our personal budget. And so as humans, we do that. We go on a vacation, we have something come up and we know we sort of how to manage that. And if you think about bigger companies that are at different scale, they may launch a new product. They may change their pricing. They may uh, hire a new team because they want to invest in X, Y, and Z. And so if you were to look at their cash flow, you'd see those spikes and valleys. Um, and so I think remembering those two scenarios and then applying that to your own personal business, or you hire someone new, like any of those things may create a spike, but to your point and what you do so well is you help people see the bigger picture and think about what is my financial health. And then when those moments happen, you feel more comfortable. Yes. And I'm glad you said that, that it's normal to have those like peaks and valleys, because I see with businesses of all size, when I have a profit and loss, I'm like, here's your PL for the month. And it shows an, it shows a loss. They're like, <gasps> you know, like just this heart clenching, like chest tight, mm-hmm. you know, start <laughs> freak out moment. And it doesn't necessarily mean failure. It's just like, yeah. you know, again, why was it? negative. Like what was the reason? Oh, it was because you hired a new person and you have a few months before your sales are going to catch back up. Totally fine. No, I just real quick, I was going to say too, and I'm sure you talked to folks about this as well, but there's also sometimes seasonality in your business, which you don't always see the first couple of years. So for example, in the summer, my business tends to be pretty quiet because people are on vacation and they're sort of not thinking about career stuff, but it's like going on a diet at the beginning of the year. And in September, it picks back up or the company where I'm the head of HR, we have seasonality around the holidays because we work with retailers. So, you know, once you sort of see that within your business, you can also recognize that too. Oh yeah. No, I didn't fully get, you know, the seasonality of my business until probably last summer when I had been full-time for not last summer, this past summer, like what, what year is it? What day is it? It's October. (laughs) I was thinking it was like the winter. It's like freezing cold here in Charlotte today. It froze for the first time this season. Anyways, 
no, like I, this past summer, I was like, okay, so the summertime it is slow and this is a thing Yeah, because I've seen it now enough times to see like, okay, last year wasn't just a blip. It was, it was seasonality. So I'm sort of curious though, like before we talk about, you know, hiring specifically and becoming a leader within your own business, you said that you were sort of anxious about your own like finances, right? Because of your history. And a lot of people are that way, whatever story they have, because, you know, money mindset comes up just all the time, right? Mm -hmm. How did you get comfortable doing the things you've done, making the investments you've made? Yeah. So I think it's twofold. One, I'm a visual person. And so I have learned to create spreadsheets, have a balance sheet, all the things that you're supposed to do as an adult, you know, balance your checkbook, all the things. And so I have a better sense of the, what the numbers are telling me. So while it may be emotional at times, numbers are numbers. And so that's really helpful. So trusting the flow of cash and understanding that month to month was something that was really helpful for me as much as I I'm not actually a detailed oriented person. So that's very not natural for me, but I need to see that to feel better. The other thing for us personally was part of our financial struggles in the past was we weren't working together as a part, as a partnership between me and my husband. And so I was trying to do one thing. He was trying to do another thing. Like it just was a mess. And so I think recognizing who are your partners to help you think through this, whether that's a financial advisor, whether that's a coach, whether that's a partner in the business, like whoever your person is, but have someone to talk you through these things and help you make those decisions if you need that guidance or sort of that uh, Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder. Maybe it's a CFO. Exactly. <laughs> yes, or a tax advisor. Once you've made 100K in sales, what does it take to save 100K? I'm on a mission to help 1,000 entrepreneurs turn their business's cash flow into $100,000 in wealth, whether that comes from paying off debt, saving more money, investing into retirement accounts, or reinvesting into your business to build a cash-flowing asset. That's $100 million in capital in the hands of world-changing business owners just like you. Can you imagine the impact that would have? Building the first 100K in investments from your business would be life-changing. It'll teach you the money habits and financial strategy that you need to get you not just to 100K, but eventually to financial freedom. I want to help you stop being self-employed and constantly on the cash flow hamster wheel. Let's elevate you into a CEO that thinks about their money like I do. I've been hard at work here behind the scenes, revamping my Profit and Prosper group program into a deeper 12-month coaching program that'll teach you my signature in for profit method for building 100K in net worth. And it officially relaunches on October 24th. I'll be your CFO and financial coach for an entire year as you go through the seasons of your business. I'll help you implement my profit method and turn your business's cash flow into wealth. Go to profitandprosper.co forward slash join now or the link in the show notes to learn more and sign up. I know my audience is majority women and mm -hmm. I have this conversation quite frequently where I'm like, you know, they'll say to me, how much should I be paying myself? And my answer is usually, well, how much do you need to pay yourself? <laughs> and they'll say, mm, I don't know. I was like, well, how much are your bills every month? And they're like, well, I have to go ask my husband. I don't handle the money. Like the number of times that I have that conversation is surprising. Mm. And so I think sitting down 
getting clear on, you know, with your spouse. So my husband and I did this and this is not the whole point of this podcast. We'll switch to hiring soon, but I just feel like (laughs) it's such a good, it's so good. My husband and I, we sat down and we said, okay, you know, we look at how much we spend in a month. And so we know that we spend on our expenses. It's like $11,000 a month between, you know, housing daycare y'all is crazy Mm. expensive groceries normal spending money and then we added a thousand dollars to that to just account for like one-off things car maintenance home repairs like the stuff vacations right and so we basically agreed like okay we're each gonna split it 50 50 that was our agreement and so i know in my business like no matter what my plan is i've got to pay myself six thousand dollars a month and he's gonna bring in six thousand dollars a month doing his project work what he does honestly that helps me get super clear because i am going into a time where i am investing in my business after being in a what i would call a stability mode and So I'm super clear when I'm planning out my money, like, okay, how am I going to pay myself, you know, my spending money every month? Because it's important to me that I do. But even then, if there are times when one of us is like, you know what, like, we just don't have the money to pay ourselves. Like we have our reserves built up Mm -hmm. for that exact purpose. And I think it helps. Like you said, money is just data. Yeah, It doesn't lie. It doesn't judge (laughs) you. Right. It's not sitting there on the spreadsheet, like saying "Mm, you should have done better last month. Like that's all in your head. (laughs) And so I think going back to that is super important. And I'm glad you said that. So I think this actually is about to lead us right into hiring is I was just talking to someone about a month ago who is um, having to take, having to step away uh, from their business for a little bit and taking the opportunity to build out their team. And she was trying to predict like the future. And I said, let's focus on today. What do you need today, both for you personally and for your team? And we'll figure that out. And then we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And I think depending on different places in our lives, we also try to think too far out or try to predict things that we don't know. And while you should absolutely plan, and I think that's one thing you do a great job with your clients is sort of figuring out your goals and some of those things. There is also, what do you know today and how will you adjust for that as you learn what from what you're learning today? Yes. So I, I have, I don't like budgets, right. For that reason, I don't love to use like a, a 12 month budget. I do some, you know, I like to focus on what are your goals? Like knowing what you know today based on the expenses you have right now, based on the team that you have, or if you want to hire somebody in the next month, like let's do the math and calculate like how much you need to have coming in and how are you going to make that work? It's like a big puzzle. Yeah. And then a lot of times I'll do like maybe a 30 to 90 day forecast, right? Mm -hmm. Like to really focus on, and I'll do like a 12 month forecast because people like to see like, what is the possibility, but just know like that is never it's never going to work out <laughs> the way that you think it is, right? Like what you what you think is going to happen in six months or 12 months, like it's never going to pan out the way that you think it is. And so like, you can't, like, I wouldn't say you can't hire somebody or make an investment in your business, assuming that like your plans are going to work out in six to 12 months, right? Because they're, they're just, they're probably not going to work out exactly the way you think they are because you have no idea what's going to happen the word forecast. Like, I think that's a great word. That's almost a mindset piece too. Let's go to what I feel is like the really meaty question. Let's say you have a client coming in who is 
a solopreneur or maybe has like a VA, like they have some part-time sort of administrative support and they're telling you, I need to hire somebody. I can't keep doing all of the workload. Like I'm getting burned out, you know, please help me Karen, because I need to hire somebody. Tell me some of the things that you work through with them. So first I have them go through an exercise around what are they actually needing out of someone? Let's figure out who the someone is later, but where in your business are you feeling stuck? Where are you spending your time where maybe you'd be actually more valuable for you to spend your time somewhere else? This is goes back to also like to spend money to make money. So yes, it may cost money to hire someone, but if that allows you to take on more clients, if that allows you to have more sales or uh, start a new revenue stream, it is worth that cost. So where are you feeling the pinch in your time and where would you be spending that time differently if you had support? So that's sort of the first thing, because that sort of identifies, okay, so is this a salesperson? Is this like a mini you to take on and work with clients? Is this more admin help? Is it social media? Like whatever. Then we figure out, okay, so once you sort of know what they're going to be doing, what does this person look like? What's their background? Because one thing I've seen people struggle with is they hire their best friend, their cousin, someone who they just get along with, um, and or someone who maybe comes from a bigger organization who as much as they would love to help you as a solopreneur, they actually need more stability than that. And I don't mean the stability of your business. I just mean, if this is the first time you've hired a salesperson to join your team, you're going to learn a lot by having this person on your team. So you're going to need someone who will go with the flow, who will learn with you, who isn't expecting you to hand them a sales playbook. Like they might actually have to build that playbook. So someone who's really able to sort of ride the roller coaster with you and figure things out with you. So we look for that profile of what do they literally need to bring to the table from a skill standpoint and experience standpoint, but what are some of those competencies and values around the behaviors that they'll be bringing as well. And then I work them through, okay, so how do you actually find this person, interview them, all the things. So really I act as the HR partner that I would do in my HR leadership role when a hiring manager comes to me and say, hey, I think I need someone on my team. It's a very similar exercise. I just think solopreneurs or, or earlier stage entrepreneurs need that partnership to figure out what it is, especially because it's probably the first person or the first time they're hiring for that kind of role. Yes. So good. So I think it's really interesting that you said you're going to ask them, where are you feeling the pinch the most? And then if you freed up that time, what would you do with it? Because I think that a lot of times people struggle with like, oh, I hired this person. Now I'm paying them. And now my profitability has tanked. And I'm like, okay, yes. And <laughs> what, you know, what is this person supposed to be doing for you here? Like, what are they going to enable? And if it's supposed to increase your capacity, that means you've got to take your time and go sell, go market. And I think that plays into like, before you make this big hire, like making sure that, you know, you have a sales and marketing process, at least at some level so that, you know, like, okay, when I hire this person and I then have to go make more sales, you know how you're going to go make more sales and you're not hiring them and then stressing out about, oh my God, I'm losing all this money now. Like, blah, what do I do? Right. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a really good point. You said like, what are you going to do with that time? Because I think that's, that's important. And then I also work with some people too, who were like, you know what? I just want to work less. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And like, that is also totally fine. If you want to work less, just understand that if you hire somebody and you're not going to go and like add, you know, increase your capacity, make more sales necessarily, then you're going to have a drop in profitability, right? At least in the short term. And you know, just understand how the numbers work, I think is really important. Glad you brought up process as well. Cause that's something that, you know, it's so funny. You're, you're supposed to be the expert in these situations. And then when you're in the situation, you don't always do it the best. But when I hired um, our coordinator, Mandy, she, I realized everything was in my head. And so in order to set her up for success, I had to figure out, I didn't even know how to make her an email address. I didn't think about like sharing documents with her, like some basic one-on-one stuff. But if she was going to be set up for success after I hired her, I had to think through some of these processes and um, how to uh, uh, make um, something scalable versus, oh, I just kind of do it. Like we had to have templates and formats and a workflow and I know that may feel really heavy and some people may be like, oh my God, that's so much work. It is upfront work. But again, once that person then takes that over, it's worth it because they can go off and running. And the one of the worst things to do is take all the time, hire someone, get invested in them, both literally because you're spending the time with them and you're excited to have them on the team and have it not work out because you haven't done some of that legwork to set them up. Yes, 100%. And I think I, you know, through my hiring, I have a full-time person, a couple of part-time people. I'm in the process of hiring. I'll, I have a VA and then three accounting team staff who do like accounting and reporting, right? And then I'm about to embark on a journey of hiring a tax person, which will be a new role, like in a new area of my business. Again, one that has pretty much resided in my head for the last however long I've been running my business, you know, almost four years. And so here's my, here's where I see people getting like sort of caught up is around this process. So I think that people struggle a lot with hiring, like understanding that somebody is not going to come in and be a unicorn and you're going to be able to pay them, you know, a lower salary or a lower hourly rate and also get process development, systems implementation, right? So I think understanding too, like, do you need a tactician, an administrative type person, or do you need a strategist? Because those are not the same people. And I think entrepreneurs make the mistake of thinking they are because we are. We're all good at both the strategy and also execution. And that is just a quirk of being an entrepreneur. A lot of people are not that way. Yes. And so you have to understand. And so I think, you know, if you want to hire somebody and have them, you know, figure out like, okay, all the processes have been in my head. I want you to figure it out and develop it and streamline it. Right. That's a very different type of hire than somebody who you're going to lay out and say, okay, I'm going to hire you to do ABC and here's step-by-step how you do this. And here's your checklist, right? That's very different. And so how do you walk people through, like, which one do they need? Well, and I think too, it also ties into what we were talking about earlier around and what can I afford to pay them? Because I've also had the conversation with folks around 
what are you going to get for your money? And I say that with the most love and respect for all the humans out there. But if you can only afford X dollars an hour, then you're going to get someone with the skill set and the experience of X dollars an hour. And so that's part of sort of the what do you need category? Because if you need someone who has more experience or is more strategic or is more um, independent, that's probably going to cost a little more. So how do we help you find that within your business? So those are some of, they're sort of like all tied together. But I think thinking through, it goes back to what do you need in the long term? So no matter who you hire, there's going to be some upfront investment. You are still going to have to get the stuff out of your head. You're still going to have to train them on a system or on a process or a whatever. But then where do you want them to take it from there? And so I think it really depends on where is your business? What are you trying to do with your business? What are your goals? And how does this person tie into it? So again, kind of think about this from a bigger corporate setting. So a lot of entrepreneurs came from some sort of corporate life and corporate can be a rough term, right? Maybe it was education, maybe it was um, a big company, maybe it was a startup, but infrastructure around you as an employee. So if you were thinking about what kind of person you needed on your team back then, or as your team was hiring, even if you weren't the hiring manager, you looked and said, okay, we have so many clients that we need a new customer success person. We are trying to up our sales. We need another salesperson. We are growing as an organization and we need someone to own all of the systems and tools. Great. That's who we need. So sort of take a step back into that corporate life and think about what do you need within your organization and where are you trying to get the business and who do you need to help you get there? So I think that goal setting piece, we talk about that first, and then we figure out the steps to get there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, who should I hire? Should it be the strategist or should it be the administrative person? And I think it depends, right? Like long-term, sometimes I'll have people sit down and say like, if you had your dream business, like draw me an org chart, like who do you have on your team and literally draw it out, like with the hierarchies and everything. And then you're probably, I'm like, put it, put a name in every spot for who is in that role right now, even if your name is on every single role. And then you're going to look at that and say like, which one do I need the most right now? Which one will free up the most of my time? And sometimes I think it's helpful for people to, to actually do a time study, like where you sit down and for a week or two weeks, literally like write down or track, what are you doing with your time? Even if it's like every 15, I have had some eye-opening times when I've done this because I've realized, wow, like I'm spending a lot of time in my email. I'm spending a lot of time doing tax work or sales follow-ups or whatever. And so that opens my eyes to the need to either delegate to my existing team more, or this is a new role that I need to hire. The other point I'll make too, is like, it may be Maybe you need a strategist in the short term, a consultant to help you with a project to set up the processes, to set up the systems, right? First, but that can be a short-term project. And then you are set up to hire a more, you know, administrative person who has less experience, who can just execute on the existing process. And that may be a better investment of your time and money. Because I think if you hire an administrative person, a tactician, but you don't have the processes built out, you either have to take the time to create the processes or you hire somebody to do that for you, right? For then your person to come in and be successful. What skill sets do you have? What do you need from others? So for example, you know, hiring a CFO, 
you probably are not a CFO. You probably don't have that background. And so you need to find the right partner to work with you, whether that's hiring internally, a consultant, uh, a, a partner that you work with uh, on an ongoing basis or a short-term basis, but recognizing where your strengths are and where do you need the help from others. So, you know, someone who can help you on the sort of, and I, by the way, when I say HR, I recognize that as a solopreneur, you're like, I don't need HR yet, but helping you become a leader, helping you think about who you need to hire if something is going wrong with that person, how to handle those conversations. So who do you have in your back pocket that you can reach to for that? Who do you have like yourself to help with finances? Do you have sort of an operations person that can help you? And then you can sort of figure out to your point, is that long-term people? Is that people within my business? And I'm glad you brought up the whole consultant versus employee or like W-2, because that's another thing where, look, I get it. No, the IRS is not worried about us from, or the Department of Labor is not worried about us. We are such a small little blip in the pond, but you want to set up your business in the right way so that you're thinking about it from the right decisions, and then you can decide where you want to take those risks. So if you've got someone who's working for you, and it's not about part-time or full-time, it's about what they're doing in their business. If you're dictating what they do, if you're directing their time, if they have to follow certain things the way you do it, that is probably an employee, even if they're only working 10 or 20 hours for you. Yeah. And that is something I see people doing incorrectly all the time. And, you know, I actually recently, we had a client get audited, not by the IRS, but by the North Carolina Department of Labor, Department of Employment. So I forget the name of it, but they were like, okay, we need to see all your contractors. We need to see their contracts. Tell me what they're doing, how much you paid them. And they were looking for people who were paid as contractors and who should have been employees according to the law. And I'm like, this is why I talk about the difference in employees and contractors. And this could be like a whole, a whole another episode. I think everybody assumes like, well, I've hired them. I have chosen them that they're going to be a contractor. Therefore they are a contractor. Like actually no, if you are hiring them as a contractor, they have to have independence. They have to be doing whatever they want, whenever they want. If you hire me, I'm a contractor because I'm going to go off and do what I need to do. You're like, you're probably not going to tell me okay, Sarah, you're going to work the hours of like nine to five and, you know, you're going to do X, Y, Z. These are your duties. This is your training. This is how you do it. And, you know, if you hire like a, somebody who is going to be like your right hand type person who you're, you're telling them like, this is my process. They're probably an employee. And the risk is like, you just don't want to have somebody come in, one of the, you know, government authorities come in and say, okay, you should have had them as an employee. Therefore, you owe payroll tax on them, you owe unemployment insurance on them. Then there's also all these like HR laws that you want to make sure you abide by. I have had larger companies I've worked for actually like end up getting sued by employees. And so yes. it's important. It's important to know. And we're not saying any of this to stress you out. It's just a fact. And I think it's about protecting yourself. And so making sure that you you take the right steps when you're hiring people by having, you know, if you feel like, Hey, I need an HR consult, right. To make sure I'm doing it right. Reach out to Karen. If you need to make sure you're hiring payroll, right. Hire somebody on your finance team. Right. That's what people are here for. Yeah. And I think, especially as you're learning, you know, it's okay that you don't know the answer as entrepreneurs, we don't know the answers. That's okay. And again, I work with tech founders who've got teams of 40 and 50, et cetera. And they don't always know the answer. So 
you're not expected to know everything. It kind of goes back to, you need to build out a team because you can't do it all. You also aren't expected to know it all. And that's okay. You're going to make mistakes. You might be listening to this right now and go, holy crap, I've got a contractor and I think they're supposed to be an employee. What do I do? That's okay. You figured it out now. Let's figure out how to help you moving forward. Or I hired someone who actually isn't the right fit. Oh my God, what do I do? It's okay. We'll help you figure it out. Like it's more the recognition of the learning and that you don't know the answers and then find the people that will help you get there. Yeah. And I think understanding, like when you don't know these things, like, yeah, it can be expensive to probably, you know, relatively to hire somebody who is an expert in any area in your business, but we have to like start getting around the mindset of like, is it faster? Am I, are you going to get it right from the start? If you hire somebody to help you, who is an expert, or are you going to have to spend hours and hours researching the law, trying to figure out how it applies to your business? Like how much time is that going to save you? Um, by just, you know, bringing somebody in who can answer it in 30 seconds. This is what you do, right? Not 30 seconds, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about is when somebody makes a hire or when they already have a team, I think something that I see missing a lot of the time. And again, this is said with love to people. I think that business owners forget that they're also leaders and it's a different set of skills. Managing a team and leading a team are wildly different skills than starting a business skills. And I say this because I, in my last role, I had a team of about 25 people and I was a leader of, I have been a leader of teams since, you know, more than 10 years for more than 10 years. And I think that sometimes people start businesses and they forget like, oh, I actually, you know, to make sure my team is successful, I need to be a manager and I need to be a leader. And so, you know, sort of high level, like how do you teach people like these are the things that you need to make sure you focus on so that when you do hire a team, they are successful. Look, 90% of my HR leadership job is coaching leaders and managers in an organization that's 120 people plus. So it is hard to be a leader, even when you have everything around you to support you. When it's also your own business, I think people, A, are like, that's one, I can't think about that. I already have too many things to think about. Or they are struggling to make that shift because they just don't see themselves that way because they're so in the weeds of their business. But I think to your point, especially as you start to hire people, this is your moment to really step into that leadership role. A, because they need you to, you are managing them, but B, they want to be a part of this journey with you. And so if you're starting to think about what kind of values am I going to have in my organization that are going to build this culture, even if it's a team of two, you know, what are your values and how are you going to lead people through that? It also helps you with hiring too, because you want them to reflect those values. As a leader, how do, what do I stand for when it comes to giving feedback, communicating to my team? Am I going to be really transparent? Am I going to hold things back? Am I going to be really collaborative with the person that I hired? Am I, is it going to be a little more siloed? And none of these are really right and wrong answers. It's more about you and how you want to run your business, but you have to start thinking about these things. The other thing I really encourage folks to do as they start to build out their teams is to know your leadership style. So whether that is literally taking something like DISC, Predictive Index, Myers-Briggs, also known as MBTI, um, the Hay Group has one, Strengths Finders, like there's a million of them out there. They're all kind of the same, um, which so if you like one of those, do one of those, or just kind of be reflective of, 
am I more extroverted or introverted? Do I tend to go with my gut feeling or do I tend to be more data focused? Um, do I tend to be more people focused or do I tend to be more process focused? Like even just those couple of things will help you identify this is the way I tend to work. How is that going to either complement or be different with the person on my team and you want a well-rounded team. You want people with different styles and different personalities, but until you sort of recognize that you're going to run into communication um, conflict, you're going to run into how you give feedback and someone's going to take it the wrong way because you gave it in the style that you would want it. And that may not be how they want it. So all of this ties into how you're starting to become a leader, even if you just have one person on your team. But if you start this early on, it will set you up for success longer down the road. You, I think that all of that is almost trial and error, unless you've had a team in, you know, a previous job before, unless you've had to, you know, had roles where you've been a leader, understanding your leadership style is going to be a process of trial and error. And you just have to acknowledge that. But I think that sometimes it goes back to mindset again, not realizing like I am a leader, I guess, realizing like as a business owner in your community with your team, like you are a leader, you are impacting other people, whether it's one or 10,000, you are impacting other people and, you know, you will always be a leader. And I think like really sitting with that and saying like, well, how does that make you feel like the idea, like I am a leader (laughs) and what does that bring up? And then realizing that sometimes it makes people anxious and that makes them then avoid the communication, avoid giving clear instruction, avoid giving feedback. And that is not setting your team up for success in my experience. So I think just recognizing that going in is so, so important. Well, and it ties back to when we were talking about sort of identifying who you're going to hire. Um, and this is with zero judgment. Cause again, I've done this too. Like we've all made all of the mistakes that we're talking about today. When you think about, Oh, I'm just going to hire my friend. That's not what a leader does. That's what a friend does. And so even that mindset up front is I am hiring someone to join my team, to be a part of my business that I am going to manage. Even that mindset will help you sort of avoid the, oh, I just hired my friend because I get along with them and it's super easy and we share the same brain. It'll be easy to talk to them. Um, those are some of the, the clues of like, you need to be thinking more as a leader. And I think too, you know, it, to your point around the mindset shift. So this summer I ran a program for solopreneurs becoming leaders. So people who are hiring for their team for the first time and wanting to recognize that moment in your own career journey. So I started off by saying, I just love helping people with their careers. I see this moment for entrepreneurs as a career development opportunity. You're stepping into that leadership role in your own business. So we sent them actually a a Tumblr that said leader on it. And I said, put this on your desk. So every day you remember you are also a leader in addition to CEO, business owner, coach, like all the roles that you have in your organization. Yes, it is so true. And that identity feeds into your like mindset, which impacts literally everything you do in your business. So I think that that is a really great place to wrap up. I think we, we cover so many things. I think that hiring your team is one of the most important things you can do. And when we say hiring your team, we don't mean you have to hire a thousand people. You don't have to hire 20 people. Like just having, you know, like recognizing, I think the longer that people are in their business, the more they realize like there's things like I don't want to do day in and day out. There's things that don't light me up. And you know what? You don't have to do it. It takes planning. It takes getting clear on your goals what you want to do with your business. And then like saying, okay, well, let's, let's find somebody who can support me in this because there are people who 
are lit up, who have the skill set and experience to do the things that you don't want to do. And that's, that's great. That's exactly the point of hiring a team. Even if it's not someone on your team, like whether a contractor or not, but it could be the website designer that you're working with. That's just a short-term project. That's someone on your team that you're hiring in, even if it's just for a short-term project and ties back to like that mindset of leadership too. I like to remember like everything that happens in my business, it comes, it comes back to me. It's either whatever goes great. I try to, you know, prop up my team. Like they did a great job. And it also is because I said, Hey, we're going to go in this direction. And then anything that fails, any mistakes that are made, anything that's not in alignment with my brand and my vision also comes back to me, right? That's my, it's my choice. It's my leadership or lack thereof that cause these things to happen. And so I think taking that on is super important. Okay. So I don't want to forget my question. I ask everybody is with the money that your business makes, what is something fun, something that is going to enable in your life that is not tied to having to save or invest? What is something your business is going to enable you to upgrade in your life? It actually is going to give me space in the future so that I can have a business that is not necessarily running on its own, but I don't have to be in the weeds of it. So you gave the example earlier of someone who is building out their business because they actually want to work less. Eventually I want more flexibility in my day so I can choose, oh, I'm not going to work on this today, or I'm going to take Fridays off, or we're going to go away for a long weekend and I don't have to worry about it. So if, and when my business becomes a full-time thing years down the line, I'm doing it so that I feel like I have more control in my life. And for me, that is the most fun thing that I can have. It doesn't have to be a boat or a European vacation or whatever. It's more control of my time and doing it the way I want to do it. Yeah. And if it ends up being a boat or a European vacation one day, you've got the money, you've got the time and space. That's fine too. Yeah. Yes. No, I love that. Okay. Where can people find you? Yeah. So my website is karendweeks.com, although we might be updating that soon, but no matter what, you can start there. I'm on LinkedIn just as Karen D. Weeks. That's where I do a lot of my sort of HR and sort of broader posts. And then if you want to learn more about the career piece of my side business, we're on Instagram or the website. Uh, it's just KDW, uh, KDW coaching underscore careers on Instagram. <laughs> we'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you. And you have a podcast, correct? Yes. So our podcast is shine at work and it is all about helping people navigate their career goals. And the season that is literally kicking off right now is literally about how to find and make that career change before the end of the year. So everybody's like, Oh, I had this goal to do this. You still have plenty of time. Um, hiring is still happening. So how to make it happen within the year. We will put all the links in the show notes. So go check that out. And I think that no matter what, you know, Karen is super helpful as you're thinking about not just hiring, but like we talked about becoming a leader and a manager of other people, whether that's your team or just your community at large. I think we, we all have that role as a business owner, and it's important to acknowledge that and start doing things in alignment with, you know, what is your vision, you know, for you as a leader? I think that's really important and it will help you succeed, honestly. So Karen, this was so good. I appreciate you being here and taking the time and you know, I think everybody should go find you, follow you and share this on Instagram. Tag us if you found it helpful and we will see everybody next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business. 
send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at youngcocfo on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.